This past year has been a hard time for everyone, and it's important to hear a wide range of experiences from various perspectives. With that in mind, today we will be hearing a variety of interviews and stories centering on the COVID-19 pandemic. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Oral Traditions. My name is Erin McCarthy, Interim Chair of the Communication Department at Columbia College Chicago. The stories we are about to share are by students in the 2021 Oral Traditions class. In this episode, we explore the many nuances of life during the time of a pandemic. First, Sammy Cunningham speaks with her mother, an ER nurse, about the difficulties she faces while working during the coronavirus outbreak. Sometimes the world doesn't always appreciate or consider those who put their lives on the line, especially those who risk their lives to help fight the COVID-19 pandemic. Although some may say they appreciate our frontline workers, do they really understand what went on behind hospital walls and the extra precautions nurses had to take during and after work to protect themselves and their families? Today, I am talking to my mother, Karen Cunningham, an ER nurse who is a frontline worker during these trying times. I'm sure being an ER nurse enhanced this anxiety for you uh, since you had to be right in the center of all of it. Can you describe a time where you felt overwhelmed and feared for both yourself and your family specifically? I remember um, in the very beginning driving to work and being very anxious because I didn't know what to expect and every day was different when we were going to work uh, during the time when people were um, at home and everything was shut down. We didn't know if we would be overwhelmed. We didn't know if it would be vacant because people were being told to stay home. Um, so a lot of anxiety for all of us. Um, not sure if we were going to get sick and we didn't have a, a lot of the proper equipment. Everything we had done in the past for infection prevention seemed to kind of go out the window because we just didn't have enough supplies to go from room to room and be using uh, masks and gloves and um, the uh, gowns that we used. Um, in the very early days, sometimes we had to reuse them um, over and over again and we were worried because of infection control we know that we shouldn't be doing that but to protect ourselves we had to as time went on people started gathering their own supplies and buying their own equipment to wear to work and I know that we've discussed how you were worried to get sick or even bring the disease home and infect others since you were in contact with it constantly what was your routine like every day um, at the ER to ensure your own safety so at work to ensure my own safety, um, I made sure that I was wearing double masks. Some of us were able to um, wear uh, special masks, um, respirator masks, um, but those became in short supply, so we started double masking. But basically, we were wearing gloves constantly, um, had masks on constantly. We would make sure that all of our skin was covered, including our hair. Um, many people even wore special goggles um, to make sure that their eyes were covered. At that point in time, we were being told that this could live on surfaces for an extended period of time. So that became, um, you know, priority for each one of us to make sure we were um, being safe, washing our hands constantly and constantly, still doing that. Um, but just to ensure we weren't spreading it to other people. Yeah, I remember you saying your hands were bleeding at one point. Yes, um, some people 
really had some problems with the masks and continue today because we're still in the midst of it. Washing your hands constantly. Obviously, your skin is raw. Trying to put gloves on and take them off constantly. Wearing masks. People were having skin breakdown and still are today on their face, behind their ears. Um, so those problems continue on. People find have found ways to alleviate that. And of course, we're much better at it today than we were in the beginning. And we have better equipment. We have more of it. There's less of a problem today than there was in the beginning. So in comparison, what was your routine like at home, like as soon as you got off work? So what changed for me was in the past, um, even though we were dealing with infectious diseases all the time, um, I didn't necessarily come home and strip down right away and jump in the shower right away and make sure I did all that. So once the COVID uh, pandemic started, uh, my routine was to strip down in the laundry room, take the, my clothes off immediately, put them in the washing machine, and immediately go to the shower so that I was not spreading into my family. You do work two jobs, one remote and one at the ER. What reasons did you have to continue putting your life in danger to work at the hospital during such a dangerous time, especially for people that you didn't even know? I felt that, um, you know, it was what I'd always done. Um, so it wasn't really even a thought process. I never thought about walking away from it because of that. We're trained to deal with infectious diseases and therefore we know kind of how to manage them and handle it. But more importantly, I had a set of skills that now was imperative. Um, you know, those of us who have special skills, um, whether it's ICU nurses, ER nurses, um, for us to walk away, I, I don't think anybody would have ever walked away. They needed us more than ever, and they continue to need us more than ever. In fact, today, it's even worse in the ER um, than it was back a year ago. Um, COVID continues to go on, so I'm continuing to work there. I can't imagine just walking away from it. Uh, so do you think it was worth it? And why? I do think it was worth it. You know, in the early days of COVID, we really weren't sure how to manage it. Um, doctors were just kind of going by what they were hearing in research, which was very limited. Um, but now today, looking backwards, we've learned the mistakes we made. And now I see the results of having learned how to manage COVID. Um, we have a lot less death uh, because of the way we're managing it today than we did a year ago. And I get to see the results of, of people, you know, who go in and, and very few people are being put on ventilators today compared to back then. But we get to see them at the end and when they're leaving and when they're recovering. And so, yeah, it was definitely worth it. Um, and the education we can provide people today, we have so much more information to share with them about the disease and how it's passed and spread and how to prevent it and getting vaccines today. What advice would you give to maybe a future nurse or frontline worker that you may have learned during this COVID-19 pandemic? I've seen a lot of uh, nurses walk away from the profession because of COVID and not necessarily because they became ill, but the toll that it took on them um, psychologically, emotionally. And I would encourage any new nurses who are thinking about going into the profession, particularly those going into ICU nursing or ER nursing, that they think carefully about it. You know, when you're faced with a pandemic, I guess that's when you really make the decision whether or not this is something you wanna do. Um, and if it's not, that's okay, you can walk away from it. But a new nurse going into nursing today needs to be aware that this is can and possibly might happen again in the future. 
we've had a few different um, epidemics uh, come through. This is the first pandemic, but it's all basically the same. If you're not willing to continue doing what you know how to do, then you probably shouldn't be going into the profession or maybe find an alternate uh, nursing uh, position, one that you're not in contact with people. After speaking to my mom, it opened up my eyes to everything she does for us to keep us safe and the worries she goes through. It truly gave me a new meaning to saying thank you to our frontline workers. The impact of the pandemic on college students globally is an often overlooked story. As a college student, Emma Morris offers some of her experiences adapting to changes caused by the coronavirus outbreak. Starting my first year of college was like anyone else with one small difference. I was a junior. At 18 years old, I transferred to Columbia as a junior since I took college classes during high school, allowing me to graduate with my associate's degree. The first few months went as expected, filled with assignments and essays from various classes and occasional outings with friends. Come March, everything would change. What originally was a three-week-long spring break to contain the virus quickly shifted into a permanent option. It seemed like it was all happening so quickly. Schools were closing down and moving online, and all of a sudden we were all home in quarantine, working on our courses online and unable to leave our houses. One morning I woke up in my dorm room in Chicago, and that night I was back home in Iowa with just a duffel bag full of my belongings. Being forced out of my dorm created a roller coaster of emotions for me. While I understood the need to limit the spread of the virus, I was upset and frustrated that my second semester of college had come to an abrupt end. I was also frustrated with the unclear guidelines coming from Columbia regarding the evacuation. As communications major, I thought the drastic switch to online classes would not affect me much. However, I quickly noticed that it was becoming increasingly difficult for me to concentrate in class for long periods of time on Zoom. I think part of it is that I'm not constantly aware of my own appearance in in-person classes, but on Zoom, I'm constantly adjusting and readjusting myself. Additionally, while the video calls themselves were exhausting, academic workloads have increased overwhelmingly. In addition to multiple three-hour lectures weekly, I could spend anywhere between five to eight hours a day just doing homework because of the sheer amount of classes I was taking. While the work itself was not difficult, it was tedious and time-consuming. Since the start of the pandemic, I have had to face challenges no college student before me has had to face. My senior year was filled with online courses that isolated myself both socially and professionally. The pandemic has also shifted my graduation ceremony to be a virtual celebration. After months of hard work, I will not get to walk across the stage or have the closure in finishing college. Instead of experiencing joy and relief, I am about to head into a world that is still reeling from a global pandemic and an economic recession. Finding a job post-graduation is already difficult. By adding in global pandemic, the task has become near impossible. With many companies focusing on retaining what they have now, they have a difficult time expanding work to college graduates. Due to graduating early, I was also unable to gain experience through internships. The pandemic has made it a lot harder to even be interviewed for jobs that I'm interested in and because there are so many people who are out there being more experienced than I am. At this point, there is not much certainty for a future job. Due to social isolation, many college students, myself included, are facing increased mental health challenges such as anxiety, depression, loneliness, and stress. It's been tough. The pandemic has turned the typical fun and exciting college experience into something many of us will be happy to move forward from. As someone who's already socially anxious, the pandemic has made it much more difficult for me to forge connection with other peers. 
Millions of college students worldwide are struggling with adjusting to the new normal of education because of COVID-19. The pandemic has put college undergraduates in a unique position that will forever alter our lives. Although the pandemic has had its challenges, I am also thankful for the opportunities it gave me. I got to spend more time with my family and even adopted a dog during the pandemic. One thing I learned from moving forward is that adaptability is a major key to success. Since the start of the pandemic, people have had to rapidly change and adapt to the evolving situation in a number of ways. Overall, attending college during a global pandemic has affected me and allowed me to grow both personally and professionally. You're listening to Oral Traditions, a three-part series of personal stories centering on life and family in a time of uncertainty from WCRX-FM and Columbia College Chicago. The pandemic wasn't the only thing on people's minds during 2020. We all had our own struggles. Natalie Zawaki shares her year before and during the virus. It's safe to say that 2020 is a year we will never forget. Amidst a global pandemic that flipped life as we knew it upside down, many of us, including myself, have probably also experienced personal hardships that made this difficult year even tougher. Admittedly, 2020 was one of the worst years of my life. It left me broken, both physically and emotionally, putting me through types of pain I had never endured before. However, through all of the damage, I learned how to build myself back up. I learned how to heal. During a time of isolation and self-reflection, 2020 taught me a lot of lessons about my relationships, my health, and myself that I wouldn't have realized as soon as I have. Last May actually started out great for me. I graduated from my community college, I had finally gotten a job after a few months of being unemployed, and I had seen a few of my close friends for the first time in two months. It felt like I was finally adjusting to this new world that we live in and gaining a sense of hope that everything was going to work out. All of that quickly went downhill right at the end of the month, when my boyfriend had broken up with me. We were doing long distance for a year and a half and ultimately decided that we wanted different things, and then we went our separate ways. It was one of those situations where you could feel the energy shift, where you knew the end was near, and that's what hurt the worst of all. I still loved him, but I knew it was best that we each focus on ourselves and what's best for our own futures. The very next day, I had gotten out of work at my new job, and my parents and I went to my aunt's house to celebrate my dad's birthday. It was our first time seeing them since the pandemic hit, so it felt nice to spend some time with family and take my mind off of the breakup. We had decided we wanted to eat outside on my aunt's patio, so my little cousin and I headed out the door before everyone else. While we waited for them, my cousin showed off his brand new hoverboard that he had gotten for his birthday a few weeks prior. I decided I wanted to try to ride it. I figured, if an 11-year-old can do it, so can I, right? I was very wrong. As everyone else joined us outside, I stepped on the hoverboard and immediately lost my balance. I rocked back and forth frantically, trying to gain a sense of stability, but the board had a mind of its own. It spun me around and I flew off and fell backwards onto the sidewalk. As my parents helped me stand up and asked if I was okay, I looked down at my right wrist and it was bent out of place. I knew it was broken right when I saw it, and I started to panic as my parents dropped everything, got in the car, and rushed me to the hospital. My wrist was so bent out of place that I needed to have surgery a few days later so I could have a plate and screw put into place to properly heal the bone back together. I spent the remainder of the summer in a cast, 
eventually quit my job because I had only worked four days prior to my accident, and ultimately lost any sense of hope that I had gained a few weeks before. I fell into a deep depression, simultaneously feeling the pain of a broken wrist and a broken heart. Further down the road, I had lost a few of my close friends that I had never imagined would leave my life. I remember thinking to myself, is there really a solution for any of this? Will my heart ever stop aching every second of the day? How do I remind myself that this pain is temporary? As we grow closer to the anniversary of this sequence of events, I can now happily answer all of those questions. The saying, time heals all wounds may be cliche, but I've learned now more than ever that it's definitely true. It heals both the wounds that we can physically see and the ones that we bury within us. With physical therapy, I helped to heal my wrist. I was in physical therapy from the end of July until the beginning of October. When I first arrived, I could barely rotate my wrist. Opening doors and holding a fork up to my mouth while eating were daily challenges. I spent three days a week for months regaining my strength and mobility. My therapist had told me it would be approximately a year until I regained full use of my wrist. As of today, simple daily tasks are a breeze. I don't even think twice to lift a carton of milk or to carry groceries into the house. I'm currently focusing more on strengthening my muscles to what they were before my accident, and I know I'll get there soon enough. With meditation, journaling, and consulting with my loved ones, I've helped to heal my heart. I used to be the type of person who would hold my emotions in until I exploded. I was always the happy friend who helped everyone else with their problems. I never wanted anyone to worry about me, and I didn't want to come off as a burden. After the breakup, I figured it was time to switch things up, because honestly, I really didn't need a support system. I spent so many nights crying in both my parents' and friends' arms last summer, allowing myself to feel every emotion without holding back. When I needed some time to myself but still felt that heaviness in my chest, I opened my journal and wrote down every unfiltered thought until I felt better. I downloaded meditation apps to help me stabilize my breathing and understand my feelings. I was more honest and vulnerable with my feelings than I had ever been before, which has resulted in the personal growth and increased self-awareness that I'm experiencing today. I couldn't have done either of these things entirely on my own. It's okay to take your time and reach out for help whenever you're struggling. With the combination of the help you receive and the work you put in, you are destined to make progress over time. Even though the pain feels permanent while you're going through it, there will always be better days. Life is composed of successes, downfalls, plateaus, and everything in between. While you may feel like you've hit rock bottom, you can really only move up from there. You are listening to Oral Traditions. I'm Erin McCarthy. Let's continue our stories of the COVID-19 pandemic. Frida Aurelano speaks with her friend, Aliana, about the decision to postpone her college education due to the drastic changes the world was facing. As an art student, Aliana feels the point of school is to get hands-on learning. I couldn't develop a portfolio there with any help. So I, I was just going to take the half year off to work and my portfolio stuff. But that half year turned into a year and I haven't really done much because lack of motivation What led you to your final decision of taking the year off? I think it's just seeing all of the cases getting worse in the U.S. 
And just seeing people not complying, even though we are more than able to actually end this sooner, but it's a little, it's a little too late. So I just decided to stay home just for my parents to feel secure and to not do online just to make sure that they have enough money so I didn't have to like stress them out more financially. Aliana's parents were on the fence about her decision to take time off, but they knew that either way there would be extra costs and extra risks. If I went to school in person, there was that risk of me catching COVID and they wouldn't be able to see me or anything if things get worse. And if I did online, most schools that I was planning on going to, they charge about the same for online. And that would just be a financial burden to them in an already hard time like this. Did seeing your friends that went off to college make you feel a certain way? Most of my friends did go. There are a couple who decided to take a, um, a break as well. But I think the main effect is just feeling like I'm behind everyone else. It was kind of like a feeling of inferiority almost just because like and this is just a social norm to go straight to college after high school. Do you think that this pandemic emphasized the idea that it's okay to take time off and that college isn't for everyone? Yeah, I, I would say so, because with everything considered, I think it gave teachers and parents alike more time to think about their children's mental health regarding school. I've just noticed that recently. Would you say you spent your year as planned? Would you no. Say- <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, oh my God. If I did spend it as planned, I would have applied to more colleges. I mean, I applied to some of the colleges that I planned on going to. I just don't have all my materials ready. And I would have it prepared by now if I did spend it as recommended. And I would be healthier too. I don't know where my motivation went, honestly. With having way too much free time, I feel like I spend my time kind of distracting myself instead of focusing on how I feel. And I feel like it's just negatively impacted my mental health in that way because I just avoid problems instead of actually fixing them. And that's a, that's not good for you. I know that. <laughs> Was there a way that you dealt with days that you felt were harder than others? I think I just let myself rest sometimes. Sometimes I would just talk to friends maybe do something that I enjoy. Sometimes I would just draw for fun or play video games or something, vent to someone I trust. Now a year into the pandemic, what are your plans for school going forward? My plan is hopefully going in the fall semester this year. I'm trying my best to get on with working on my portfolio. So far I've applied to some schools that don't require that but they weren't my ideal schools at first. I'm basically just giving any shot I can because there have been some colleges that seem to be looking for students no matter what your skill level is. So that just gives me hope in the future to just keep going. Do you think this time helped improve your art skills? It did make me change how my style used to be. I think my style used to be a little more soft, but during the pandemic, I've kind of like started putting more social issues into my art and just more emotions into my art, which has been an interesting development of things. It's, it's a lot more fun, actually, because I don't have to worry about realism all the time. I don't have to worry too much about what is palatable to a normal viewer. I feel like I just like 
kind of stopped caring about how people feel about my art and caring more about what I feel about my art. Aside from your art, what is something that you learned about yourself? I learned that there are behaviors that I need to work on to be a fully functioning adult. And I've been, I feel like I've accomplished that this year because I've had had so much time thinking to myself, trying to be a better person, basically. Would you say you grew as a person? Yeah, I would think so. As traumatizing as everything has been, I feel like the trauma kind of made me, along with uh, like many people in our generation, to wisen up a little bit. Are you grateful for the decision that you made? I wouldn't any- say grateful, but I probably wouldn't change it for anything. Like It sucks that the pandemic happened and everything. The The choices I've made so far, I would just say that it's better it turned out that way. But I wouldn't say I was grateful for it because I did get put through a lot. Do you regret anything at all? I do. I regret not going to school earlier because I saw how some people were fine after going to school. And I do regret not reaching out to family more during this time. I regret letting my social skills go almost. But I don't, th- I don't think that's like something you can help because of the of quarantine and everything. I also regret not taking advantage of the time I had to work on myself academically or artistically. I mean, I did have some development, but it wasn't as much as I wanted it to. But if, you, I, if it was in anyone's eyes, I feel like I wouldn't be beating up myself up this much, you know. As you're stepping into adulthood, is there anything that you fear for in the future? I definitely fear losing whatever left is normal for me. For example, losing my friends. I do fear losing other people. And I would fear losing my passion for things as um, I go into college for art because I'm afraid that it'll turn into one of these situations where I'm like, I'm not as passionate as I used to be about this thing. So what am I doing here? You know, I'm also just scared of growing up in general because like everything's moving so fast. (laughs) Like many people this past year, Aliana took this time as a learning curve to prepare for the future. Things don't always turn out as planned, and that's okay. Even when Aliana felt lost at times and her motivation was lacking, she is striving and pushing forward to get back on track for school. I want to wish her the best of luck, and thank you to everyone for listening. It is so tough for college students coming out of this pandemic, and we need to remember why we have a passion for the work that we do. You've been listening to Oral Traditions. I'm your host, Erin McCarthy, Interim Chair of the Communication Department at Columbia College Chicago. I want to thank the students for sharing these truthful and inspiring stories. During this time, it's so important to hear each other and to embrace the fact that we are not alone. Join us for episode two of our three-part series, Or find us anywhere you listen to podcasts by searching Oral Traditions. This is a collaboration between the Department of Communication and WCRX-FM. The show was produced by Shelby Steele. Thanks again for listening.